hope you can see me in this little cage here. I need a booster, I think, but oh well, we'll do what we can. So good morning, happy new year. Uh, welcome everyone that is here, and if there are some that are with us from a distance, we welcome you too. I'm um, glad to see you all here. And, you know, it is still Christmas tide, and I was so happy to see all the greens and the poinsettias and the nativity still here in the church. It all looks so beautiful. So, welcome. And now I think Nancy's got some announcements for us. First of all, Linda has one announcement to make. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year's. I have actually more than one. <laughs> Um, I'm going to take advantage. I know we've been hearing about bring your recipes, bring your recipes. Well, I'm going to take this cold weather time and um, I'm going to start putting our recipe book together. Uh, in the meeting room across from the office, I have two categories ready to be proofread. So if anyone wants to um, take a couple or one or whatever you want to do and double check me, I have the insert that will go in the recipe book, and I have the recipe. So please help me with that, because I start, you know, it's a, another set of eyes to look at. And so the other thing I want to encourage is if you ordered a poinsettia and you haven't picked yours up yet, please do, um, so that we can keep them alive, because poinsettias are not my friend. I have one more thing. Um, as some of you know, we marched in the Clinton Parade, and we got a uh, thank you. Please thank everyone for the Clinton United Methodist Church for taking part in our Christmas in the Village Parade. Hope to do it again next year. Thanks again, Basil Greenleaf. P.S., it was a great float. We were definitely heard coming down the road, so it was very cool. And then the last thing is, I, um, those that know Ruth Wolf, um, she sent me a really, really nice uh, card and letter, which I'm not going to read it all, but she's doing well, enjoying uh, her family where she's at. And where did I circle this? Uh, she just wanted to let everyone know that she thinks of us every Sunday and has us in her prayers. And that's it. And I still have to put plugs in for the Sanctuary Choir. We've got plenty of seats. Um, you don't have to be a strong singer. Every choir needs people just to fill in the, so it doesn't sound like just two or three people singing. So I'd love to have you. Uh, also, big thank you for the Bell Choir for all their hard work. And we will be meeting on Thursdays at uh, 6 o'clock. So if, if you're a bell ringer, Mark that down. If you're interested in being a bell ringer, uh, show up and, and we can uh, try to figure out how we can fit people in. And also, after uh, pro probably not next week, but maybe the week after, I want to start a youth bell choir. So if you know of kids, um, oh, uh, maybe first grade up that would be interested in playing bell choir in a youth bell choir, uh, please get a hold of me, and we will try to set up a time that works best for the parents uh, to have the, the youth bell choir. So, Happy New Year. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for all you do. Uh, good morning, and Happy New Year. Good morning. Um, 
the announcements today, they still need help for the local veterans. There's a, there's a list in, in your bulletin of things that are needed and appreciated. And we still need volunteers to help with the cleaning. We will take Christmas past items if you're folding up your decorations at home and there's some that you don't think you're gonna use anymore. We're happy to bring them in and, and try to sell them. And uh, there's a list for the January food items in your bulletin. And um, there's a, a need at the Clinton Clothes Closet. It's going to be held January 6th, 7th, and 8th. And they need help on Thursday from 9 a.m. to noon to set up. And on Saturday from 11.30 to 1 to put the clothes away. The upcoming events... Uh, January 4th, we are having line dancing. January 5th is the blood drive. January 9th, it will be communion Sunday instead of the, today. And also, they'll be taking down the greens. And January 10th is a trustees meeting at 10 a.m. Pardon? Oh, it's not in here. So what date is that? What date is Thursday? Oh, you don't have the day, date. Well, Thursday at 10 o'clock, the sewing group is meeting. So it, it isn't in your bulletin, but it is going to be meeting. One more. Are we still having the Pastor Parish Committee meeting today? Yes. Okay, right after church. Okay. Is there any anything I've forgotten? It's, okay. We're, the first hymn we're going to sing today is Angels from the Realm of Glory, on, found on page 220 of your hymnals. If you'll please stand. be 
Please remain standing and join me in the call to worship from Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, sun, moon, and stars. Praise him, all creatures from the sky, land, and sea. Praise him, all people, old and young together. Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above heaven and earth. Okay, and now the opening prayer. If you'll join me in that. O loving God, come into this service and prepare our hearts this morning as we begin to worship you. We offer you the thanksgiving that is in our hearts for the miracle of Christ's birth, and we invite you to dwell among us this morning and always. Amen. And now for the affirmation of faith, if you'll join me in that. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And the next hymnal, What Child Is This?, is found on page 219.
please join me in the affirmation of faith? Oh no, the prayer of illumination, I'm sorry. Lord our God, you are the light of the Gentiles and of all people. You revealed your son to us by the leading of a star. Shine your bright light into our hearts, just as you blessed the wise men and their children. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The first reading today is Ephesians 3, verses 1 through 6, Paul's ministry to the Gentiles. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus, for the sake of your Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I wrote about in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that is. The Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The word of God for the people of God. And you say? Thanks be to God. So if the ushers will then come forward for the offering.
And you're Emma? Hi, Emma. And who are you? What is it? Wally. Okay. Hi, Wally, Emma, and Olivia. I'm glad you're here today. Well, do any of you um, know what it means to be wise? What's it mean to be wise? Do you know? You do? What is it? What do you think? What do you think, Olivia? Smart, yeah, that's another good word. That means wise. To be very wise is to be very smart. So who here wants to be smart, really smart? You do? Yay, all right, a whole bunch of people do. Me too. All right, well, do you know anybody who's really smart? You do? Who do you know? All right, so now I want you to think about what Allison and Grant do that makes them smart. What do you see in them that lets you know that they're smart? So how about you? Do you know any? Your stepdad's really smart. How about you? Do you know somebody, Wally, who's really smart? Are you really smart? All right, well, all right, now tell me. What do really smart people do? What are some of the things you see them do? They practice. Yep. What else? 
do they read? They read a lot, and when you read, what happens? You get smart, yep. So do you learn sometimes from what you read? Yeah, so you do some reading and you do some learning, right? Okay, what else? How about this one? Can you get smart or get wise by investigating? Sure, figuring things out, checking things out, yeah. So if you want to be smart or if you want to be wise, you have to do what smart people do, right? If you do the things smart people do, then you'll be smart too, right? All right, well, in the Bible, there were some wise men. Sometimes we call them the Magi. Have you heard about that? The Magi. Or the three kings. This is all the same people they're taught, the Bible talks about. So we hear them called the wise men or the three kings or the Magi. And you know what? They were very wise, and they did all of these things too. They read They probably, even though they were Gentiles, they weren't Jews, they probably read the Jewish Bible. They also did some investigating. And it was really important because when they investigated, you know what they found? They found the most important thing ever in the world. They found Jesus Christ. So you know what? Let's be like the wise men. Let's read Read the Bible and learn and find Jesus Christ. Find out who Jesus Christ is. We've been talking about him in church, especially during Christmas, right? Been talking about Jesus a lot? Yeah. So that's what we can learn about, and then we can be wise, just like our friends that we named here and just like the Magi. All right, let's have a little prayer. Pray with me, please, and then would you say a big amen with me at the end when I'm done, okay? All right. Our Lord, Father, we thank you that you did send your son, Jesus Christ, to the world. And we ask you now that you would help us to be wise in our lives. Help us to be wise and search for you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. I think you go back to, yes, get your sucker and then you go back. Okay. All right, some smart kids we have there. Okay. Um, So now let us um, uh, bring up some uh, concerns, prayers and concerns. I have one uh, that I was given this morning. Um, Janet Morgan... Carl's daughter is going in for breast cancer surgery on January 17th, I believe that says. Were there some others that I need to mention? Okay. My my best friend, Lisa, that I work with, her son passed away with Kobe and pneumonia. He was 29 years old. So they're going to bury him this weekend. Um, Tuesday, they're going to bury him. So we get prayers for the Lisa family. And my nephew has got Kobe, and he's um, fighting it pretty bad, Roger. Okay. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to refer to the back of the bulletin. Um, 
that you have as well for our prayer requests. Okay, so Lisa, this was this is who you were just talking about, right, Sandy? The first one there. Um, Susan Schaefer. I'm just going to read the names here and let you go ahead and read the rest. Fred Bowman, Wilden Paul Hawkins, Molly Kovac, Andrea Boley, and Crystal Frodenberg, Scott Bayshore, Zachary Bayshore, Jessica Bayshore, and Harry Comstock. Okay. <clears throat> so let us now turn to the Lord in prayer. Eternal God, who has been with us from the beginning, our guide, our protector, and giver of life, you have loved us with immeasurable love, and you have shown your love through the life of your son, Jesus Christ, who brought hope and salvation to a fallen world through his life, through his death and resurrection. And Father, although Christ has taught us how to live, we confess that we have done things that have not pleased you. Forgive us for the mistakes that we have made and help us to grow in our desire to know you and please you. Grant us wisdom to know that each new day is a blessing that comes from you alone and that each new day is a day to show love and to receive love. In this new year, let us live each day in a way so that our lives are evidence of your love and your power. For the needs that have been presented today that are listed in the bulletin, and for those that we have spoken about, we ask, Lord, for your mercy and your healing touch. And for those needs that are on our hearts but have not been spoken out loud, we ask for a touch from your divine hand. We pray that you will be our one desire and that you will raise up leaders from our midst who will stand for your righteous will. We give you thanks for your constant nearness. We thank you for the work that you are doing in the world and for the opportunities that we have to be part of your sovereign plan. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <clears throat> Our uh, second scripture reading today is Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 6, the ingathering of the dispersed. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. 
They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Median and Ephah, and all those from Sheba, shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and shall pray, pro proclaim the praise of the Lord, the word of God for the people of God. And you say, our next hymn is We Three Kings. We're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 5, found on page 254 in your hymnals, and the bells will play through one time before we sing. Thank you. 
Thank you, Bells. That was fabulous. Sounds so pretty. I'll be reading from, I gotta get this microphone in the right spot here so I don't make puffy noises. I'll be reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, second chapter, verses one through 12. This is the visit of the wise men, or the visit of the Magi. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born the king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent to them, then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring word back to me, so that also I may go and worship. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in the east, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. Open our hearts and minds, O God, that we may receive a message from you. Give us spiritual ears to listen for your voice and spiritual eyes with which to search for you. Amen. I simply titled this sermon, Seeking. The word seek appears all through the Bible, and it often appears as a command to God's people. I'm sure you've heard the verse that says, seek and you will find. There are a variety of synonyms for the word seek in Webster's thesaurus. Here are a few of them. To seek is to go in search of, to chase, to investigate, to hunt, pursue, or root out, and I love this one, to seek is to leave no stone unturned. Well, today I'd like to share some thoughts with you about what it means when the people of God seek God. In the Bible, when God's people were commanded to seek, they had to focus all of their energy on God. 
They had to look for God in their lives and in their worship. So today, I'm using Epiphany as the springboard for my seeking sermon. So let me start by giving you um, just some background information. Epiphany commemorates the day that the Magi found Jesus in Bethlehem. On the calendar, Epiphany falls on January 6th. So it's actually between this Sunday and next Sunday. And uh, I kind of wish I had two Sundays to spread this out. That would have been nice because in my research, I went down a lot of rabbit holes, but they were very, very interesting. I won't put all of them in this sermon. Epiphany comes 12 days after Christmas, which that's where the 12 days of Christmas actually comes from. So today is the ninth day of Christmas, which means that you still have three more days to get out your Christmas cards. Epiphany, or the Feast of the Epiphany, is a traditional Christian holiday that commemorates the first manifestation of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. January 6th is just the traditional date for when the Magi found Jesus. Scholars believe it actually probably took them about six months to find him. Epiphany was also called Three Kings Day and comes from the Greek word epiphania, which means a manifestation an appearance, to reveal something, or that something has come into light. And it's very close to the way that we still use the word. So when we say, I had an epiphany, we are saying that we have experienced some kind of insight, or that something has been revealed to us. When the Magi found Jesus, they experienced an epiphany. That is, the divinity of Jesus was made manifest to them. Here's where the seeking comes in. The Magi were seekers. In fact, the Magi were seekers even before they began to search for Jesus. The Magi, the name Magi, was used in the original Greek New Testament, and it translates into English as wise men. We've heard them called kings before, but they were kings only in the sense that they were wealthy and they had the ability to travel around. So who were the Magi? In the time of the New Testament, Magi were philosophers and priests from Persia. The ancient Greek writer and historian Herodotus wrote that the Magi were a priestly tribe, similar to what we might think of as the Israelite Levites. They were teachers of Persian kings, skilled in science and philosophy. They were men of holiness and wisdom, and they were interpreters of dreams. They are sometimes called astrologers, but it is in the ancient sense of the term, which meant that they were trained to interpret events in the heavens. Magi were educated, pre-scientific age stargazers. They were the closest thing to scientific observers of the heavens that existed at the time. They were intellectuals, stargazers, and they were seekers. Isn't it interesting that God used the means to communicate with them that they were already familiar with, that was already part of their lives and part of their learning? 
It was a common belief in those days that if something spectacular happened in the heavens, God was breaking into the natural order of things and was announcing something very special. The Bible makes reference to signs in the heavens in several places, such as in Jeremiah 10, where it says, Do not be dismayed at the signs of the heavens. Or in Matthew 16, you know how to interpret the signs of the sky. And then in Luke 21, and there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And there are many others. Also at the time that Jesus was born, there was a general expectation among the Jews that God would bring a Savior into the world who would deliver the people from their political bondage and oppression. The Magi had probably heard about the Jewish Messiah of prophecy from the Jews that were dispersed all over the Middle Eastern region. The Magi were seekers of Jesus Christ, the Messiah that they had heard about from the Jews. Perhaps these Gentiles who had come to believe in God, the God of the Jews, even before the time of Paul or the other apostles had time to spread the gospel. The Magi may have heard about the promised Messiah, but hearing wasn't enough for them. They were seekers. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, You will seek the Lord, and you will find him if you search after him with all of your heart and soul. And Jeremiah 29.13 says something very close. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. I think we can learn a great deal about seeking Jesus from the Magi, from these wise men. First of all, the Magi did not wait for the news of the Messiah's birth to reach them. Seekers do not stand idly by waiting for something great to come to them. They take the initiative to go and find it for themselves. This is a great lesson for us as believers. There are times when we must wait for direction from God, but there are other times when we must act out of our own free will. Verses 1 and 2 states that the wise men came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east. Perhaps they had already been searching for a sign in the skies and waiting for a sign from God. God gave them the star, but out of their own free will, they began to pursue Jesus. They left Persia and set out on a journey that led them to Jerusalem. But apparently, the star disappeared, because verse 2 tells us that when they came to Jerusalem, they began to ask around for the child. Once the star was gone, the Magi went back to a usual method of investigating. They asked around. They had to take the initiative on their own to continue the search. They had to do some of the figuring out for themselves. Now, at this time, Jerusalem was the capital Jewish city, so one would be correct to assume that this was a good place to get information about the child that was born king of the Jews, but strangely, no one seemed to know anything about him. Verse 3 tells us that King Herod got wind of these foreigners asking around about the child to be born king, 
and he became very fearful. Fearing that Jesus would be a threat to his reign, Herod calls all the chief priests and scribes together, and they told him what the prophet Micah had prophesied. So in our scripture reading in Matthew today, that's a quote from actually the Old Testament, Micah 5, verse 2. Here it is again. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will rule my people Israel. By birth, Herod was a Jew. Well, he was half Jew. His mother was Arab, but his father was a Jew. And like his father, Herod was a practicing Jew who observed Jewish feasts and customs. Why then did he have to ask priests about the prophecies of the coming Messiah? Had he not read the Hebrew Bible for himself? Herod had not searched the scriptures, had not seen Christ's star, and had not looked for the Messiah. Herod was not a seeker. Had he been a seeker, he would have no reason to fear Jesus. He would have known that Jesus did not come to overthrow the government. He came to bring a revolution for the hearts and souls of all people. Herod made an error in judgment because he had not sought after the truth. He did no seeking for himself. And because he didn't know the whole story, he didn't know all of the facts, he was gravely mistaken about the kind of kingdom that Jesus Christ was born to rule. Herod should have been searching the scriptures for himself. He was, after all, Herod the Great. Israel is peppered with the remains of monumental structures that he built. He was intelligent. He was educated. He could read. He did not need priests to read to him. But unlike the wise men, Herod did not do the work for himself. Herod should have been seeking the king of the Jews for himself, but instead, as verses 7 and 8 tell us, he secretly called the wise men to tell him what they knew and then sent them off to search diligently for the child and bring the news back to him. The same kind of mistakes are often made by people today. Those who don't know the whole story and all of the facts make mistakes in judgment. Herod thought he could preserve his own power by using the Magi to find Jesus and then eliminate him. But notice once again, Herod did not do any of his own work. He sent out strangers, foreigners, to find Jesus. He didn't even send out his own men to follow them. He expected that they would return with the news, and then he could just execute his evil plan. Notice that he masked his wickedness in the facade of religion. The end of verse 8, King Herod says, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and worship him. He said that he wanted to find the king of the Jews so that he could worship him. But it was a lie, it was a deception. But God was in control. 
Herod was deceiving himself to think that he could go to war against God and win. But as commentator Matthew Henry put it, Herod's passion got the mastery over his reason and his conscience. Now once the wise men left Herod and returned to their search for Jesus, the star reappeared to them and led them to Bethlehem. Herod never found out where Jesus was because God warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod, but to return to their home a different way. Herod should have known that it was futile to fight against God. He should have been seeking the Messiah himself. He should have known that the prophecies for a Savior were meant to help him, not harm him. And this is why it is so important for each of us to seek Christ for ourselves. Sometimes, even when the people who should have all the answers, we think they should, but they don't. Have you ever asked something, uh, someone something that they should have known and they either didn't know or they didn't get it right? Perhaps a doctor gave you an incorrect diagnosis. Sometimes we have no choice but to rely on others. And other times we receive helpful information from them. We learn from our teachers and preachers, but there is still work that we must do for ourselves. Like the wise men, we must seek the Savior, Jesus Christ, for ourselves. You may remember a tragedy that happened in Waco, Texas, back in the early 1990s. A man calling himself David Koresh claimed to be the Lamb of God. He had quite a following, but many of his followers sadly lost their lives because they were following him, a man, and not seeking the one and only true Lamb of God for themselves. I'd like to conclude with this. Seeking Jesus means working toward having a closer relationship with him. It means making him the number one priority in your life. God has given you free choice. He has blessed you with interests and talents. You don't need to wait for an act of God before you use them. There's not always going to be one. Sometimes you have to start asking around, looking around, like the wise men did. They used the knowledge that they already had to take a few steps on their own, even without the star. To give Jesus priority is to live your life around Christ and not just fitting him into your life. You can be crazy busy and still live your life around Christ if you're mindful of his presence in your busyness. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. This means that it is good and right for us to make plans, but God is there guiding us all along. Proverbs 3.6 tells us to acknowledge him in all of our ways, and he will direct our paths. If it is truly our desire to seek Jesus, we can be free to make plans with the confidence that God will be with us every step of the way.
I believe that sometimes God does send metaphoric stars to guide us to a specific path. But often, there are many different options for our lives that are all within God's will. God gives us an open invitation to an amazing relationship with him. And the first step toward having a relationship with God is through reading his word. So if you don't already spend time reading the Bible regularly, maybe you could make that this New Year's resolution. Pondering scripture and doing a little research along with your reading and spending some quiet time meditating on the word and listening for God to speak to your heart. It can transform your life, and it can turn you into a seeker. So I urge you to take some time to experience an epiphany, like the Gentile magi relentlessly singing, seeking the king of the Jews, seek out a relationship with Jesus Christ so that he can reveal himself to you as plainly as he was revealed to the Magi, to the wise men of old. Amen. And now we'll have our closing hymn, The First Noel, found on page 245.
To seek God means to orient ourselves toward God and to make the pursuit of God the main priority of our lives. Remember, God said, when you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Go in the love and peace of God and have a very happy new year. If you wait a second, I'll come and sing with you. <laughs> wait for you then. anytime. All right then. Child.